What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Derek Tate and Kyle Sapi. They can be found on Twitter at Derek Tate NFL and Kyle Sapi PFN. Boys, how are we doing here on this fine Wednesday morning? Doing well. We're getting close to week five, which is something you love to see. These two days where there isn't football, like I, my head's scrambled. We're doing a bunch of content. I lose track of all time. If I don't look outside, I don't know what time of day it is. Like, they, my wife said it was warm yesterday. I told you it was hoodie season. Turns out it was warm. I didn't know. So that, <laughs> that's where we were. And my house was a little cold, but you know, you lose track of things. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow, getting back football, getting back on track with my life. There is the phrase that people say online of like, go touch grass. Like, yeah. and I'm going to say that to you, but I mean it in like a very different light. Like, Sapi, go outside. Go, yeah. please oh, yeah. step away from your computer computer for a little bit. Derek, how are we doing today? I was going to say, go for a run, you know, uh, I, I don't know, go go play some flag football or something like that. Get out of the house, man. Enjoy the weather while you still can. I, I Like, I'm a Floridian at heart, so I, uh, I when the winter comes, you know, sure, it's nice to wear a hoodie for like a week, and then it just gets miserable. Cold. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I hate that. I hate it. So just enjoy the, enjoy this weather while we have it. Stop I did have that thought here today as I was driving and it windows down, it's 80 degrees already here in Michigan, like at 8 a.m. or whatever. And I'm like, I do need to enjoy this just a little bit. It seems really weird. Like, oh yeah, it's October. I do need to enjoy mm-hmm. this year because very, very quickly it is going to be 20 degrees here. And I'm going to be wondering why I still live in this part of the world. Let's get into some start sit conversation here today, fellas. We are going to talk through a ton of players. So If we talk about one of the players that you have on your roster and you're curious about what that means exactly for your lineup, we have a free start sit optimizer here at Pro Football Network that is an absolutely incredible tool. You can enter in up to six players here to find out what the best lineup is that you can submit. You can see our consensus projections there. It's an amazing tool, absolutely free to use. The the link for that can be found in your podcast or YouTube show description. Make sure to check that out. Additionally, PFN Fantasy Discord. We talk about it here on the podcast all the time. This is where you need to be to get some lineup advice for your team here. Absolutely free to join. The link for that is also right here in your podcast or YouTube show description. The PFN Fantasy Discord. Over 14, I think closing in on 1,500 people in there. Ready to talk some fantasy football there with you. The PFN Fantasy Discord. Make sure to jump in there. All right. We're going to talk through some running back start sits, some wide receiver start sits, all that sort of stuff. Really important to note here. There are some teams on by as we go into week five. That is the Cleveland Browns, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Seattle Seahawks. So if you have any of those teams on, uh, those players on those teams in your starting lineups, you're going to want to get them out because uh, you're not going to get any points for those. So, fellas, let's get into some running back starts here. Sapi, I will start here with you. Who is a running back that you are saying you need to get this player into your starting lineup this week if you can? We're going to start with Aaron Jones. It may seem obvious, and it probably should be, but... Six touches for 14 yards on the Thursday night disaster against the Lions in his return to action. Don't hesitate to put him back in. I get that last week was terrible and that you probably lost your week because of it, but he's had one and a half weeks to prepare for a bad Raiders defense in prime time on Monday night. I think he could be the type of player that swings matchups on the final game of the slate. He's a top 20 running back for me. Zero hesitation about going back to Jones even after a bad week four. All right, so let's put that in, because I do think people are going to have some hesitation because of how badly he burned. I mean, even me, like I played him last week and was very disappointed with that performance. So now I'm kind of like, oh, where do I rank him? Do I have complete confidence? So let's put that to the test. Aaron Jones or Isaiah Pacheco this week uh, up against the Minnesota Vikings. Pacheco still, but that's that's more of a Pacheco thing than a Jones thing. I've got them both 
as high-end RB2. So it's the same tier, but Pacheco 13, Jones 15 for me. Uh, the reason why I asked that is I have Aaron Jones at RB15 on the week, Isaiah Pacheco at RB16, and I keep flip-flopping those guys in my rankings. Let's go Aaron Jones here this week or Alexander Madison up against the Kansas City Chiefs. See, those were the two I was flip-flopping. I got Jones at 15, Madison at 17. Do you think the Vikings could go to a little pass heavier of a script against the Chiefs defense that is better than we thought, but that could still – I mean, we're talking a game with a total in the 50s. I think it's 53 right now. So you're looking at – a pass-heavy script, which isn't super friendly for Madison, where I think the game script works a little bit more in Jones's favor on Monday night. All right, last one here from me. Aaron Jones or Saquon Barkley, if he does return here, up against the Miami Dolphins? Right now, I don't have Saquon ranked, so I just don't know what to do with Saquon Barkley in this spot. That offensive line looked like they couldn't stop a freaking nosebleed, let alone block for Saquon Barkley. I would, if push came to shove, I would have Barkley ranked higher. I, like I said, I don't have him in there right now. But if we get word that he's going to play, Saquon will be higher, but I'd be looking to start both without much of a question. All right, let's keep it moving. Derek, you're number one running back to start here. Devon Achan <laughs> versus the aforementioned New York Giants. So I can rattle off the numbers that have been out of this world over the last two weeks. I'll save you guys the time. I'll just go ahead and kind of focus on what we're looking at against the New York Giants. Look, this Giants offense is terrible right now. They To say they're a work in progress is putting it very, very, very gently. And like Sapi just mentioned, we don't know what the status is of Saquon Barkley. Originally, his ankle injury was said like a timetable of missing two to three games. He has missed two games. He could miss this week. If he's back, is he 100% healthy? He is the driving force of this offense, and it's painfully obvious. I thought the same thing last year. They base all of their concepts and their offensive approach around a dynamic running back and a middling quarterback. No offense to Daniel Jones, but that's exactly... He's kind of been exposed through the first month of the season and all of that. So the point is, Ajan, who outsnapped Raheem Mostert last week, outtouched Raheem Mostert last week, and was has been more efficient than Raheem Mostert this you know over the last two weeks. Go ahead and give me Achan, who I think again in what could be some positive game script because I think the Dolphins are going to have a lead against this New York Giants team. Bold take, pretty, <laughs> here, pretty favorite, early. <laughs> so I I think that again Achan is going to see north of ten carries or north of ten touches for sure. I think maybe even yeah flirt with ten to a twelve touch uh, carries on the ground, still involved in the passing game. And you give me 15 touches against this New York Giants team and an, an explosive offense, I think A-Chan gets his. All right, let's put that into context here. For me, Devon A-Chan is at RB10 on the week, which just feels like a complete gamble for someone that we just don't know exactly what the touch count is going to be, right? You can talk about these conversations with, you know, are you ranking Devon A-Chan above Joe Mixon, where we know the workload for Joe Mixon, I'm going to put that to the test here, Derek. Would you go Devon Achan or would you go James Cook this week up against the Jacksonville Jaguars? I'm going to go Achan. Would you go Devon Achan or David Montgomery up against the Carolina Panthers? Going Achan. Again, I, I think the game script is going to be very favorable for the Miami Dolphins offense against the New York Giants. That's the one that I have a hard time with because Devon or so David Montgomery, yeah. so much volume to lean right, back on. And but Devon Achan can easily make up for it with one long run and easily push his way into the top five, whereas David Montgomery needs to find the end zone for that to happen. But I think they're back-to-back -back in my rankings. And another situation, Sopi, where I keep flip-flopping those two, 
where would you go, Dave Montgomery or Devon Achan? I'm not a Montgomery guy, but you guys kind of sold me on him over time. I'm taking the touch advantage. I think he probably gets 10 more touches than Achan, so I'll, I'll trust that process, and he's just been good. He's getting those in-close carries, and we think it's going to be a positive game script for the Lions as well, so I, right. I go Montgomery there, but again, you guys are selling me on Achan. I have him higher this week than last, so I'm not... For those concerned, I am not playing Josh Kelly over HN this week. Just a public service <laughs> announcement. We are not going that route in week five. Give it two weeks and Soppy will be ranking Devon HN as RB2 off the board. Uh, let's go, Soppy, your second running back to start this week. Give me the Gus bus. I mean, he had 15 carries last week. No other Raven running back had more than three. So this is very clearly his role against a Mitchell Trubisky-led Steelers defense that's 26 in yards per – Mitchell Trubisky-led Steelers team where their defense is 26 in yards per play allowed. Baltimore going off as a four or five point road favorite. We talked game script earlier. I think it's very much in his favor this week. I don't see Lamar Jackson running for multiple touchdowns for a third consecutive week. So I think Gus Edwards gets those carries inside. We saw him garner a few targets. Like that's nice. It's not something that's going to happen continuously, but if he gets a short target and punches it in or he gets a short run and scores, I've got him as a top 25 play this week, which is saying something. You've got bye weeks, you've got situations, so I'm comfortable starting Gus Edwards as my running back too. Would it change at all for you if we knew that Kenny Pickett was going to be back this week? Because there is still, it's up in the air whether or not Kenny Pickett's going to return. I think a bone bruise off the top of my head for the Steelers quarterback here. So if it's Kenny Pickett, if it's Mitchell Trubisky, does that change this narrative that you're playing out here with Gus Edwards? Not really. I've got him at 22 and I have Najee Harris at 23. I don't see myself making that change if Pickett's back, even though Pickett obviously impacts Najee Harris as well. But no, not really. I still think Baltimore controls this game and probably wins it regardless of who's playing center. I like the idea of them holding the ball more if Trubisky's in there, but I'm not dropping him if it's Pickett. All right. Would you go Gus Edwards or Ramondre Stevenson here this week up against the New Orleans Saints? Gus. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson is creeping into like jets territory where it's like i don't want to play any of these guys if i don't have to and the jets are playing the broncos so maybe that's a bad example this week but you get what i'm going with for long term i'm i'm benching stevenson if i can and i'm playing gus edwards so give me gus by a handful of spots all right and last one here would you go gus edwards or khalil herbert up against the washington commanders on thursday night football this is closer for me i've gotten two spots apart but i still do have edwards higher short week for herbert and like Derek was saying yesterday, I just don't know if Chicago's offense is going to function quite like they did last week because they were playing the Broncos and the Broncos give up a lot of points. So that's that's where I stand on that. I do like Herbert's upside, but I think Gus is safer. All right, Derek, let's send it back to you. Your second running back to start here this week. Give me Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. It's the Minnesota Vikings. I, what we saw last week, 158 total yards, score, and a career a tying a career high in 23 touches so I don't know what's not to like it you can almost say that Pacheco was featured in this Kansas City offense against the New York Jets last week it was a weird game off to a fast start they got off to a big lead Mahomes kind of made some uncharacteristic mistakes I don't see that being the case I see this being a higher scoring game between the Chiefs and the Minnesota Vikings like Soppy's been saying pretty much the entire time we've been podcasting together that this offense generates a lot of trips to the red zone. And Pacheco has gotten more and more and more touches as the season has progressed. So if he's going to see, you know, somewhere between 18 to 25 touches in this Kansas City offense, I'm all on board. Uh, fire Pacheco into your starting lineup this week. Especially when you look at the 
over-under for this game when you look at the expected points that are going to be scored mm-hmm. here for Kansas City. And then not only just this week for Isaiah Pacheco, but then we talked about this on the trade targets episode where you look at that schedule for Kansas City over the next five weeks. You have Minnesota here this week. Then you have Denver. Uh, I, Isaiah Pacheco might be a top 10 running back next week <laughs> up against the Denver Broncos. Then the Los Angeles Chargers might be a top 10 running back there again. Uh, oh, and then he gets the Denver Broncos the week after that as well. So let's put him back in the top 10. And then the Miami Dolphins uh, might be top five. So <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco here, absolutely someone that needs to be in your starting lineups here moving forward. I absolutely agree there. Let's put that to the test. So Derek, would you go Isaiah Pacheco here or James Conner up against the Cincinnati Bengals? Pacheco. All right. Would you go Isaiah Pacheco here or Kyron Williams up against the Philadelphia Eagles run defense? Mm, yeah, no. Given the matchup, I'll go Pacheco. All right, and last one here. Would you go Isaiah Pacheco or DeAndre Swift up against the Los Angeles Rams? This is where the line is drawn. I found um, it. Yeah, you found it. You found the point. You hit a nerve. <laughs> I'm going DeAndre Swift. That's, Still a believer. I, I would agree with you there. I've got DeAndre Swift at RB8 on the week. I've got Isaiah Pacheco at RB16, so a big gap there. I would go DeAndre Swift as well. Let's move into some running backs to fade or sit here this week. The, again, I say this every single week. These are not players that we are saying completely bench them however if you do have them and another player that we just talked about it might be worth going with the other option here just players that we have a little bit of concern about for various reasons Sapi, i will send it to you your number one running back to fade this week this one hurts my soul because i think he's a very good player and i actually think he's the better talent in this backfield but that's just not the way he's being used right now jameer gibbs even against the panthers he's outside my top 20 running backs He's just not being used the next time he gets more than or he even reaches 10 carries in a game with david montgomery ross active will be his first he doesn't have a catch gaining more than 10 yards the explosive plays are minimal and the touch count just isn't there to to give him a chance to get to those explosive plays Montgomery's going to keep being the bell cow in this offense until otherwise noted and we saw the Panthers hold the Vikings offense off the field last week they're top 10 in time of possession so if Detroit struggles to be on the field we know it's a home game for Detroit so that means golf is Superman so everything's gonna be generated through the air or Montgomery that puts Gibbs in a tough spot to crack my starting lineup outside my top 20. I'm looking other ways if I can. I've got Jameer Gibbs at RB23 on the week for me. And I think that this is the range that we need to start viewing him as. I think that yeah. we had been consistently like, he's a 12 RB12 to 15 running back off the board. Now we're four weeks into the season. We're moving him down a little bit because you look at the fantasy finishes over the first four weeks, RB36, RB24, RB23, RB29. So yeah. he's peppering that right around that range every single week here as a low end RB2, high end RB3. It's obviously disappointing. We think that the talent level is there for him to warrant higher consideration, but that's just the range that we have to look at him at until we see more. So I will say, I'll ask you Jameer Gibbs here this week or Alexander Madison going up against his Kansas City Chiefs. I still go Madison there. We're going to go the higher scoring game. We're going to go the defined role, everything. I mean, he's going to double the touches of Gibbs, even if you don't think Madison's that good. It's not that much different than the Josh Kelly argument not too long ago, but Madison's better than that. I'm not too concerned yet about acres what i saw from him last week was a little encouraging but madison still over gibbs pretty pretty significantly for me in week five all right here's the one that if i have these two running backs on my roster i don't know if i have the fortitude is the way that i will phrase that to do this (laughs) cojones there that's the better uh jameer gibbs or Brees hall up against the denver broncos see my rankings go jameer gibbs damian pierce Brees hall so that kind of tells you where we're at here. I am going Gibbs in that spot. I I think he's basically Brees Hall on a better offense. <laughs> like, I mean, that's it's the touch count 
Brees Hall's touch count doesn't exceed Jameer Gibbs's expectation by enough for me to warrant going that direction in an offense that I just don't want any part of if I can avoid it. All right, Derek, let's send it to you. Your number one running back to sit here this week. It's time to hit the panic button on Miles Sanders. And we've seen every single week of the NFL season, his efficiency on the ground has dropped. And it dropped even so much so against the Minnesota Vikings that he was outproduced by Chuba Hubbard. He produced only 32 total yards to Hubbard's 53 total yards, which is both putrid, but on 16 total touches each. And Hubbard actually saw one more carry than Miles Sanders last week. Sanders had a groin injury in the preseason. He dealt with it leading up to last week's game. And he just hasn't looked all that great with his opportunities in this backfield as the main guy. So with Hubbard getting more involved and actually outproducing him last week on the same exact amount of total touches, I'm fading Sanders out of my lineup this week. I think that that's fair. He's outside the top 24 running backs here for me this week as well. I just don't think that we can confidently play him uh, given what we saw here this past week. Now, I do want to say, like, I I think there's the potential that he works his way back into the top 24 next week if that was truly a injury-related issue last week, that it truly was like he is at 70% and we just did not get that qualification coming into the week. I'll ask you this, Miles Sanders or Gus Edwards this week that Safi talked about earlier up against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, Gus Edwards. We're this Carolina offense too. We, we we talked about them having their struggles with Bryce Young under center. That's been the case in all three games. They haven't topped the seventeen point total mark. So if that offense isn't producing scoring opportunities, Sanders is not one hundred percent. Give me at least a leading ball carrier in an offense that wants to run the football and has been pretty productive on the ground through the first month of the season. Uh, would you go Miles Sanders or Jalen Warren this week up against the Baltimore Ravens? Warren, I, I actually have more confidence in his PPR floor. Yeah, I think that that was, as I asked that, I was like, I think that that's more of a non-PPR and half PPR. I'd probably go Miles Sanders and a full PPR. I'd probably go Jalen Warren. That would probably be the split there for me. All right, Sampi, let's send it back to you. Your number two running back to sit. I'm not messing with the Broncos backfield right now. I get that Javante Williams may or may not play. Julian McLaughlin may or may not start if Williams is out. Samaje Piran is still in the mix. So I don't think you have a clarity of touches, and I'm not sure it really matters. This offense isn't functioning to provide value to the running back position. Javante Williams, who we think is the better talent of those three, doesn't have a top 25 finish this year. So I don't get how you can assume that that's going to happen as we trend toward a committee in a matchup against the Jets. It's going to be low possessions, low scoring, boring as all can be to watch. But I don't, yeah. I don't think this offense generates enough opportunities to withstand a committee situation like this. So I don't care who starts. I am not starting a Denver Bronco running back this weekend. Sabi, go back through, I'll give you a choice. Go back through your whole kidney stone uh, situation or watch this Broncos Jets game. Well, see, the kidney stone situation lasted for like two weeks. This Broncos <laughs> game is going to be over in like three hours. So I will take the Broncos game. But for if you're talking peak kidney stone pain in a three-hour window <laughs> versus Broncos game, now we're talking. Now it's close. Oh, goodness. All right, Derek, let's send it back to you. Your number two running back to sit. Whew, I didn't think we were going to have to talk about kidney stones. So, <laughs> um, so Khalil Herbert, uh, I kind of mentioned him yesterday in our uh, trade podcast. He's someone that had a, a fantastic week. We just haven't seen enough of that from what we saw last week to really trust him in your starting lineup, at least not in my opinion. It's the first time he's seen more than 10 carries all season. 
it's really the first time that we we saw really encouraging signs of life from this Chicago Bears offense. That being said, I I understand that the Commanders right now they're giving up 122 yards on the ground. Do we see the Bears being able to to commit to the running game and being able to post enough points against this Washington front? We'll see. We'll see. I I I have I'm a little skeptical. So the fact that I'm a little bit skeptical about that offensive you know, explosion from Justin Fields in the passing game in week four. I want to see him and this Bears offense look like that in two consecutive weeks before I trust rolling Herbert out there as a top 24 option. Uh, and, you know, my running to running back two spot here this week. I've got Khalil Herbert at RB25 on the week. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Let's put that to the test and put it into context here, Derek. Would you go Khalil Herbert or Ramondre Stevenson this week? We talked about him a few times already. I'm staying away from as much as the, I, the Bears' offense hasn't looked all that great. They have upside. You can. I think they've shown more signs of life in just one good game than, than what we've seen from pretty much the the New England Patriots from the majority of the season. So in that case, I'll go Herbert. All right. Would you go Khalil Herbert or Damian Pierce up against the Atlanta Falcons? Damian Pierce. This 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 Houston offense continues to find production and score points and produce yards. The scoring opportunities feel like they're going to come in this offense if they continue to play at this level. So give me Damian Pierce. All right. The NFL season keeps rolling, which means that we get to talk about some really cool, exciting new exclusive offers. Underdog Fantasy is now offering new customers that sign up with the promo code PFN, or you can click the link here in your description, a deposit match up to $500 through October 4th. That's today. This is the last chance to go get a deposit match up to $500 plus a mystery pick'em special in the pick'em lobby to use right from the start. All you have to do is click the link in your podcast or show description, sign up, make your first deposit for access, and you will find the special player you got right there in the Pick'em Lobby. I think you're going to want to go take advantage of that. So sign up now with the code PFN and take advantage of this ridiculously awesome offer today. Let's move into the wide receiver position here. Let's go with some players to start to get into our starting lineups. Soppy, I will start here with you. Number one player. Derek made me happy earlier in the podcast by going Pacheco. I'm going to return the favor here. I'm a man of the people. We're starting Derek guy, Derek's guy, Zay Flowers, this week. is a top 25 play for me. I get it. He hasn't been good of late. He hasn't seen volume. He hasn't made big plays. He hasn't been a top 40 receiver in any of the past three weeks. So you're probably bleeding money if you're starting him in your lineups in the past. That changes this week, though, in a puzzle piece matchup against the Steelers, who are top five defense in pressure rate. Lamar Jackson, second lowest A dot in the league. You know what that tells me? A bunch of quick hitters. You know where Zay Flowers is going to be thriving? A bunch of quick hitters. We're talking like six to eight catches. And I trust the talent enough that he makes one of those gain 25, 30 yards. Maybe takes one to the house. To me, that's enough against the Steelers defense. They gave up 451 yards to the Texans last week. So give me Zay Flowers. I'm ignoring the past three weeks. We're seeing more week one. Challenges is top 20 guy. I've got him as a wide receiver two for week five. Yeah, we saw in week one, obviously without Mark Andrews there, a wide receiver 20 finish in half PPR scoring. Since then, wide receiver 50, wide receiver 41, wide receiver 51. So I I like this call of pointing out a player that people are going to be, why would I continue to do this? Why would I continue to put Zay Flowers into my starting lineup? You're pointing out that this is the path for him to return value. Where do you have him ranked this week? I've got him at 24, right between Jerry Judy and Gabe Davis. Okay, would you go Zay Flowers here this week or Garrett Wilson up against the Denver Broncos? 
I'm happy that you get me to fade all these Jets. I get that they're playing the Broncos. I understand the premise, but he's still going to see Patrick Sertan. He's going to face the one part of Denver that makes any sense at an NFL level. So give me Zay Flowers in that spot. All right, last one. Would you go Zay Flowers here or Jacoby Myers up against the Green Bay Packers, assuming that Jimmy Garoppolo does return by this point on Monday Night Football? And that's the kicker. If Jimmy's in, Jacoby's in for me. I've got him right now assuming Jimmy's playing, which hopefully we get news long before Monday Nighter, but... I've got Jacoby three spots higher. So he's he's a wide receiver two for me as well. I just think the touchdown equity is a little bit higher for my guy Jacoby, but I'm playing both if I got him. All right, Derek, let's send it to you. Your number one wide receiver to start here in week five. I'm just happy that he did not suffer any reported setbacks in his 2023 debut. And that would be the Green Bay Packers wide receiver, Christian Watson. Thank you for returning the favor, Soppy. I'm going to continue to recommend your Packers sure. uh, until I'm right. No, I, this is, maybe this is where I'm the, I'm being a little bit stubborn with this Green is Bay. Josh Kelly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is my Josh Kelly. Is uh, you know Jordan Love and Christian Watson. But to be honest, Christian Watson saved his fantasy day with a blown coverage, you know, wide open touchdown from you know inside the ten, and. He was his he was clearly on a pitch count. They clearly wanted to make sure that him and Aaron Jones were not being overworked and potentially reaggravate the hamstring injury. It was a weird week too because it was it was a short week. Now they've had you know what nine ten days or something of that nature to go ahead and, and get right heading into this matchup against the Raiders. So I think that they're going to unleash Christian Watson in week number five. I think this is the week. This is where Jordan Love gets right after a bad performance. And let's also keep it in perspective that this is really Jordan Love's like fourth start as the guy in the NFL for an NFL team. So I, I want to be a little bit patient when he has those bad games. You know, you're going to have those moments, those learning moments for a, a young franchise quarterback. So I expect Love and Watson to be better in week number five. All right, Christian Watson at wide receiver 26 on the week for me. Let's put it into context here, Derek. Would you go Christian Watson or Gabe Davis this week in London up against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, I, Gabe Davis, I, the vol, he's been finding the end zone, but I'm concerned about the volume. Go ahead and give me Watson. All right, would you go Christian Watson here or Adam Thielen up against the Detroit Lions? I'll still go Watson. All right, final one here. Would you go Christian Watson or George Pickens? Uh, assuming, I mean, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be for Pittsburgh. Would you go Christian Watson or George Pickens up against the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, give me Watson. I, I just, whether it's Pickett or Trubisky under center, no thanks. All right, let's move into wide receiver start number two here. Soppy, where are we going? I'm going to get a little spicy here because there's a lot of wide receiver talent out on by. You're talking Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, Michael Williams, obviously hurt. Team's on by anyway, doesn't matter. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, there's a lot of guys. There's a chance you have one, if not two, normal starters benched or on your bench because they're on bye this week. So let me fire up some Rasheed Rice. Let's throw a dart on this Chiefs offense in a game that's going to be in the 50s. Why not? He's been targeted at least five times in three or four games. And the kicker here, the Vikings lead the league in blitz rate. So they're going to be bringing heat, whether that's smart or not, against Mahomes. We'll see. I don't think it is, but that doesn't mean they won't do it. They did it all day against Herbert. They keep it in the division. They do it again. That could be a problem. Rasheed Rice, a sub-6 dot. That's a valuable role if they're bringing the heat and getting home sooner rather than later. You look at MVS. You look at Justin Watson. Guys with dots over 18 yards. Those guys don't have time to get open if Minnesota's bringing the heat. Rasheed Rice, I think, could see his best week 
of the season up to this point. I've got him as a top 35 play. You talk about the impact of a lot of these wide receivers being on by. Rasheed Rice at wide receiver 39 on the week for me. Michael Wilson that we talked about on the waiver Wire podcast who just had a really solid performance at wide receiver 41. Like on a normal week, those guys are nowhere near my top. Yeah, they're in the 50s, right? However, we're looking at a lot of these key players being out. I like that you're pointing out one of these guys that's a little bit further down the board that if you are... And I guarantee like Rasheed Rice is on waivers in a ton of leagues. Like he's out there for people that are in a pinch that can play. go and easily pick him up, plug and play, moving into this one. Would you go Rasheed Rice here or Drake London up against the Houston Texans? Yeah, I'm just betting on the offense. In that spot, I will bet on the offense in this spot, or bet against an offense, I guess, if you want to go right. that route. But yeah, I'm, right. I'm betting on Rasheed Rice there. I want no part of Drake London, DeAndre Hopkins, these star receivers with big names on terrible offenses. Turns out the terrible offenses win out over the star talent more often than not, so I'll pass. Give me Rasheed Rice over both of them. All right, Derek, your number two wide receiver to start here this week. I know it was a rough week four, and it was the first really dud week that we've seen from Michael Pittman, but I still have faith. I still have faith that Pittman is going to be a, you know, top 20 play this week against the Tennessee Titans. I know, we know the Tennessee Titans have struggled against opposing passing attacks. They surprised us all by keeping Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals passing attack in check. Um, in week number four, I'm still going to go with the lengthy track record that the Titans have struggled against opposing passing attacks. And I've still loved what I've seen from Anthony Richardson. So I, I believe that there will, it's going to be a much better performance. Even in the game last week, you know, Michael Pittman had an opportunity to score, like, I think like a 20 or 30 yard touchdown, uh, on like, you know, a high back shoulder corner pass from, from Anthony Richardson and there was a pass interference called. So, you know, it just happens that way sometimes. And I don't see it happening two weeks in a row. I think uh, against this favorable matchup, I think Michael Pittman has a pretty good week. I like the call here because also too, that was a weird game offensively for the Indianapolis Colts last week where Anthony Richardson had five completions into the third quarter or something like that, right? Like it was a weird, weird game script there for the Indianapolis Colts. We have three games prior of Anthony or Michael Pittman Jr. with 11, 12, 11 targets dropped down to five last week and only one reception. Everything is pointing back to getting Michael Pittman Jr. into your starting lineup. Let's ask a couple of questions here about who you would start. Would you go Michael Pittman Jr. here or Debo Samuel up against the Dallas Cowboys defense? I think the merry-go-round for the San Francisco 49ers falls back on Debo this week. Um, I I see it being a Debo Samuel week, so I'll go with Debo, but not by much. All right, would you go Michael Pittman Jr. here or Calvin Ridley up against the Buffalo Bills? Hmm. I'm going to go, I'm, I'll, I'll go Calvin Ridley. It's got to get right sometime, right? I mean, yes. if we really truly believe in Trevor Lawrence, it's got to get, it's got to get going. And he's got to be, I, I still think that he's the, the best option in the passing game and, and expect Ridley to start producing the numbers that we hoped for heading into the season. All right, let's move into some wide receivers to sit here. Soppy, I will start with you. I'm going to go to LA with two, two at well, and it's been a yo-yo kind of a season, two up, two down four at well this season, but it's a tough matchup against the Eagles. And what if how tall do you think Tutu Atwell is? If you had a guess. 5'6". Yeah, I'm thinking he's a very short 5'9". He's listed at 5'9", but if he's 5'9", then I can dunk. So he's <laughs> he's on the short side of 5'9", to say the least. The average touchdown receiver against, or pass catcher, against the Eagles this season, just over 6'2". So they're not really, they're giving up touchdowns to taller players. 
at, well, obviously not that, but I think he comes with risk outside of my goofy height stats. Obviously, the, six, the Sixers, this Eagles defense is very good. We're, Cooper Cup may be back. Stafford's banged up. And you're looking at a Rams team that's largely had success on the offensive end because they've had the ball a ton. They're top 10 in time of possession. Well, guess what? The Eagles ranked fourth in time of possession. So that puts them in a tough spot if they don't have as many possessions, as many bites at the apple as they've had in weeks prior. So I'm benching Tutu Atwell outside my top 30 this week. I didn't hear a single word that you said after that height snap yeah, because like my brain was swirling going, how in the hell did you find that? Like what, where did you find that? Did you oh, do you that know. on your own? Did you calculate that? On your, I have no idea how in the world you came up with that one, but I like it. Uh, Derek, let's send it back to you. Number one wide receiver to sit. Yeah. Can we get a spreadsheet with that information? <laughs> spreadsheet like, for everything. I would love to be able to pull data like that. That's why, that's why you're one of the best in the biz, Soppy. All right. Well, I don't quite have that type of compelling case for my sit, but Cortland Sutton, uh, I just don't think that this is going to be all that high scoring of a game between the New York Jets and the Denver Broncos. And while Sutton has scored three touchdowns so far this season, the volume in the passing game hasn't been, you know, you know, out of this world encouraging or anything of that nature. Sure, he's been productive with his opportunities, but it, it has felt like the Denver Broncos have been in a shootout or playing from behind and large deficits uh, on a regular basis so far this season. I don't see that being the case against Zach Wilson and the New York Jets offense. So I'm going to go ahead and fade Cortland Sutton too. I mean, it's also a pretty good secondary there in New York right. that features Sauce Gardner. Uh, I looked at that over-under here, 43 points for an over-under between the Jets and the Broncos. Honestly, I, that's high. Hi way higher yeah. than I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought for sure this was going to be like a 37-point over-under here. Uh, I guess that just speaks to how bad the Denver Broncos' defense is, where they believe that the Jets can score on them. Uh, let's keep moving here. Soppy, your number two wide receiver to sit. Assuming, and it looks all signs points to T. Higgins being out this week, so there's going to be excitement around Tyler Boyd. I get the premise behind it but to me the wide receiver two role in Cincinnati is a lot like the running back situation in Denver that I addressed earlier and that I'm not trusting that position forget the player I'm not trusting the idea of wide receiver two in Cincy until Joe Burrow figures his stuff out I mean we're talking Higgins has had three down weeks where he hasn't been worth anything like he is literally he's actively killing your fantasy team and so you want Tyler Boyd to step into that role Tyler Boyd obviously a lesser talent than Higgins does he offer a higher floor Probably, but am I going out of my way to bet on Burrow to support not only Jamar Chase, who says he's always open, to a second receiver on top of a running? Like, there's just a lot of things that need to go right here for Boyd. So I understand why there's going to be heightened excitement around Boyd filling in. Obviously, he's going to see an uptick in his role. To me, that's not enough to get him anywhere near starting lineups. I think that I'm comfortable playing Tyler Boyd here this week, but with reserved expectations, right? This is not like, I'm going to start Tyler Boyd here as a top 24 wide receiver. I don't no. think anyone's really, you know, buying into that, but I'll go, would you go Tyler Boyd here? And this is uh, again, with the assumption that T Higgins is out, would you go Tyler Boyd or Jahan Dotson on Thursday night football up against the Chicago bears? Dotson for me. I mean, that's more of an argument against the bears. At least we saw him score and force the overtime last week. As long as he's healthy, I know he's banged up last week but I mean you Tyler Boyd hasn't gone over 60 receiving yards since last October not this October right. last October so I mean I don't know what the absolute ceiling is for him if Jahan Dotson gets seven targets he either scores or makes a big play for me that's enough again we are dealing with some pretty significant bye weeks here so would you go Tyler Boyd or Jaden Reed up against the Las Vegas Raiders I'll go Boyd but if I'm if I'm playing either one of them I am 
I'm picking up Rasheed Rice is what I'm doing if I'm right. playing either one of them. That's fair. All right, Derek, let's send it back to you. Number two wide receiver to sit. Not if I already have Rasheed Rice because of ah. your of your sell point there, there Soppy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, George Pickens. The Baltimore Ravens defense is a pretty darn formidable unit. We don't know the health of starting quarterback Kenny Pickett. I don't, I'm not going to put words in anybody's mouth on this podcast. I don't think any of us are super high or excited about Mitchell Trubisky getting work under center. And I also think that Matt Canada is one of the worst offensive coordinators in the NFL alongside Luke Getze. So all that being said, this Ravens defense that it was, it looked like it was hunting last week against a rookie quarterback, whether they're going to see Pickett or whether they're going to see Trubisky. I don't know if, I mean, obviously Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth being, you know, unavailable for this contest feels like we're going to see a heavy, like workload for, for Pickens. I just don't know if the efficiency is going to be there because of who's playing under center and the matchup against this defense. So yeah, I'm fading Pickens this week. I do think that again, we'll come back to the bye week, the bye week, the bye week, right? A lot of these key players. So you may be forced to play George Pickens. You're going to have to make a tough decision depending on how much you need to fade him. So I will go, will you play George Pickens or Tank Dell this week up against the Atlanta Falcons? Tank Dell. Would you go George Pickens or would you go Cortland Sutton? Another player that you faded here. Would you go George Pickens or Cortland Sutton? I just think in this, in this scenario, Pickens is a better player and less competition for targets, equally low-scoring contest. But, yeah, I'll go Pickens in that scenario. All right, let's move into some quarterback start sits here. Sapi, I will start it with you. Who is a quarterback that you're looking to get into your starting lineup this week? Yeah, no fancy height metrics or weather projections or anything here jared goff is playing at home which means jared goff is playing for you it's really that simple 23 to 3 interception or touchdown to interception rate at home last season his top two games this year both home games over the road games it really is just that simple carolina's done nothing to get me off of that goff lights him up top 10 guy for me this week not overthinking it yep jared goff at qb9 on the week here for me as well derek let's send it to you your number one quarterback to start this week Speaking of not overthinking it, I think this offense there in Green Bay is going to be better against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, you know, Christian Watson being back. Yep. Well, I think an expanded role. I, I, I imagine that you know Christian Watson is going to run more than twenty routes against the Las Vegas Raiders, and then also Aaron Jones probably closer to one hundred percent. He's a dynamic back that's highly efficient. I think this offense has a get right week against the Raiders, and Jordan Love is going to have a bounce back performance after his first real clunker of the 2023 season i mean even with it being a clunker which it was and i love that word uh qb 12 fantasy finish on the week right. last week right so like he still got it done i know that that was with that rushing touchdown but i'm he still got it done would you go jordan love here this week or cj straub up against the atlanta falcons Ooh. Oh, that's spicier than i thought um, it is. I gotta give me jordan love they are. They're back-to-back -back in my rankings as well. I've got C.J. Stroud at QB 11 on the week, Jordan Love at QB 12. And what a world that five weeks into the season, we were talking about Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud as top 12 quarterbacks for fantasy football. Right. All right, Sapi, let's move into some quarterback sits on the week. Who is the first player that you're looking to fade? Yeah, you've got C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love in your top 12. Joe Burrow was drafted that way, certainly not producing that way. And I think he does get on track sooner than later. 
I just don't think that Sooners this week without T. Higgins. He's just out. He's behind those two guys for me. He doesn't have a top 20 finish on his resume this year. Not one. We've played a month. Top 20 is not that high of a bar to clear here in a 32-team NFL. No touchdown passes in three of his four games. He's on pace for almost 1,400 fewer air yards or passing yards than he had last season. And and he missed a game last season. So that's in one more game, almost 1,400 fewer passing yards. And he hasn't averaged more than five and a half yards per attempt. There's just no signs for optimism yet on Burrow. He's he's crossed over from the lock him in starter to I need to see it guy. And when I need to see it, I need to see it before I'm plugging you in. So Joe Burrow, outside my top 12, I'm looking elsewhere if I can. All right, so I think that all three of us would agree. CJ Stroud, Jordan Love are both options that you can go to over Joe Burrow here this week. Soppy, would you go Sam Howell up against the Chicago Bears over Joe Burrow up against the Arizona Cardinals in week five? I would not just because the Joe Burrow matchup is fine, but Sam Howell, put some respect on my guy's name. He's been over 15 fantasy points every week and he's he's making a name for himself. He's not a high up. He's like a poor man's Brock Purdy, which doesn't sound like a compliment, but it kind of is in the deeper league. If you're stretched thin at the quarterback position, Howell offers a reasonable floor, but Joe Burrow's upside wins out in this one. Those are back-to-back in my rankings here. Again, what a world that we live in. Uh, Derek, let's send it to you, quarterback sit of the week. This one's going to be a little spicy, but, I mean, following you telling folks to sit Joe Burrow, I don't know how spicy that is, but Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, this this Buffalo Bills defense through the air has been pretty darn impressive, only allowing 169 yards per game through the air. And we've all kind of admitted that Trevor Lawrence doesn't look quite right. This Jags offense hasn't been quite as productive as all of us had hoped. And I just see that being the case. I am bummed out that Tredavious White mm-hmm. suffered a torn Achilles. That That's unfortunate, and that will probably have a slight impact in that defense. But they've still been a very, very stout unit. They did a pretty darn good job against a high-powered Miami Dolphins offense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've looked pretty good pretty much every week this season. So I'm going to stay away from that matchup in a, with a quarterback and an offense that hasn't been quite what we expected uh, through the first month of the season. All right, put that in context here because, you know, we just talk, We just finished talking about names like C.J. Stroud, Jordan Love, Sam Howell. Are all three of those guys above Trevor Lawrence in your rankings this week? Or is this just, if you've got Trevor Lawrence, let's you're still playing him, but let's not expect a top five finish. I've got all three names that you mentioned above Trevor Lawrence this week. Wow. I don't know if I, I mean, mean guys, I would, what has Trevor Lawrence done to, to like nothing, sit there and nothing. say that he's an auto start? I, I like, I love him as a player. I do. I think he's better days are ahead, but it's Buffalo defense is legit. QB eight finish in week one for Trevor Lawrence, then QB 32, QB 19, QB 16. So yes, I, I get where you're coming from. The other part that I'm interested in, and I don't know how much I want to let this factor into my rankings is that Jacksonville has been in London now. Like they've been there, right? And they're adjusted oh, and they've dude. got the time and like everything like that. Whereas Buffalo is going to come in and trying to adjust their bodies and all that sort of stuff to the time difference. That's something where I'm interested to see how that will play into it. But also the matchup, I get it. I get where you're coming from. Uh, let's move into tight end start sit of the week. Sampi, I will send it to you here. Who is a tight end start of the week? All right. So what if I told you Tyler Higby doesn't have a touchdown this season and doesn't have more than five catches in any game this season? We'd be disappointed, but... Tyler Higby has been a top 12 tight end in three out of four weeks. It really takes so little at the position to be viable in any sense at all against an 
Eagles defense, yes, the Eagles are very good. They give up some things over the middle. We saw TJ Hawkinson a few weeks ago beat them with volume just across the middle, and that could happen here. I'm not saying Higby's a league winner this week or anything like that, but I think the the respect is a little low for him for having three top 12 finishes. Like that's just hard to find at the position. It doesn't take much. So I think he gets there again with something like five for 50 and maybe he can get in the end zone. Maybe not, but either way, it's a reasonable floor in a position where I'm chasing floor. If I can get any semblance of production outside of the elite at the tight end position, I'm doing it. Higby gives you that even in a tough matchup. You're right. I mean, he's provided a high floor here uh, out of three out of the four games. And that one game was against the San Francisco 49ers where we just that's a really, really stout defense. We didn't really expect Tyler Higby to be a top 12 tight end in that week. Anyway, up against here, up against the Philadelphia Eagles here. I do like the call going with Tyler Higby. Uh, Derek, let's send it to you. Tight end start of the week. Speaking of high floors, Zach Ertz. (laughs) I know we talked about him yesterday. Trade for him. Also trade for him and start him this week because he sees, you know, targets on a weekly basis. Right now, he ranks second at the position, only behind TJ Hawkinson as far as targets through the first four weeks of the season at the tight end position with 30. Uh, he's had three games where he's seen eight or more targets, two games where he's seen 10 targets. So it's, again, it's it's not that, you know, he's a dynamic talent at this point, at, at, at this point in his NFL career, but similar to Higby, he's a reliable option um, that continues to see volume and continues to produce. And with a little bit of touchdown equity, Soppy, both of these guys can easily sneak inside the top five just because of their involvement in the offense. It's one of the things with mind games, with fantasy football and all this sort of stuff, where we got through weeks one, weeks two, Zach Ertz was not being started anywhere, right? Then week three, we're like, all right, right. He wasn't even rostered. Week three, we're like, all right, maybe we can start to look Zach Ertz's way. Maybe he's getting consistent volume. Two targets. And he goes two targets, two (laughs) Two receptions, six (laughs) yards, right? And now it's like, okay, fool me once, fool me twice. You know, I'm not doing this again. And then he bounces back immediately in week four. So now there's just this hesitancy of like, right. And there's this hesitancy now of, can I truly trust him? Can I truly buy in? I think that you can. I think that the sample size is large enough where you can look at Zach Ertz as a top 15 option at the tight end position. And like you both alluded to, it does not take much. It does not take much to finish as a top 10 tight end for fantasy football. If you do get, and and Derek, you talked about this, like that, that touchdown slipping through his hands, like that instantly puts him into the top five at the tight end position here. If we do get that, then you're looking at a very, very solid play for both of those guys. Let's move into tight end sits of the week. Again, if you've got a tight end that's doing something for your lineup, you're not really looking to fade them. But let's talk about any option here that you should be concerned about in week five. Yeah, if you have a tight end that runs routes, like if you're in a points <laughs> per route league, then by all means. I mean, that the tight end position is so ugly that I hate saying sit any one of them because they're all one play away from being a top 10 guy. So understanding that, I'm just kind of fading the guy. I'm not chasing, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm not chasing anything at the position. We saw Dalton Schultz score last week. We saw Cole Komet have the big week four with Justin Fields playing out of his mind far above what we saw for three weeks. I'm not chasing that because these guys aren't going to be consistent producers because nobody at the tight end position is a consistent producer outside of the elite names. So I'm out on Komet. I'm out on Schultz. These guys aren't going to do it consistently enough for me to chase what we saw last week. Schultz didn't even see enough targets in a game, in a offense that just wants to throw the ball and he still can't earn targets. I get that he scored and he got there, 
but that doesn't matter. And then Cole Komet scores a couple of touchdowns with Justin Fields running around. Like, that's great, but Derek touched on it earlier. We don't think that version of Chicago showing up this week, next week, November, December, like, as long as Justin Fields is there right now. So I'm fading guys that you missed on last week. How's that? Yep, I think that's fair. Derek, let's send it to you. Tight end to sit here. And it's probably this week and moving forward until further notice, Kyle Pitts. I love his talent. And I can only sit here and dream and about him playing in other offenses and what his production would look like and how he could be a fantasy star at the tight end position. It's just not the case in Atlanta. Hey, period. I mean, the we've seen it now for what? two straight seasons where, or at least the start of this season through the first month and last year where his usage is just frustrating and he doesn't seem to be a focal point of the passing attack with Drake London and B. John Robinson healthy. And he's being outproduced Johnny. by John o. Smith, by John o. Smith. And this is in this offense doesn't have high quality quarterback play as we know with Desmond Ritter and they want to, their philosophy as a team and offensive approach is to run the ball and physically impose their will against you uh, up front. So all those things equal consistent disappointment with him in your fantasy lineup. So I'm sitting him until further notice. It's a fine matchup up against the Houston Texans where we can look at Kyle Pitts and be like, all right, maybe I can get away with him this week. I'm, I'm not doing it. Not until I see the big blow up performance. I'm not continuing to just play him week in and week out, no matter the draft capital of what you sunk into him here as a tight end six off the board or whatever it was when we were doing drafts, tight end 15 on the week here for me. And that gap, I mean, it's John New Smith and Kyle Pitts back to back in rankings. Like Same. these guys are back to back. And honestly, I might flip it by the time that we get to Sunday of John New Smith being ranked above Kyle Pitts. That's just where we're at here with this Atlanta Falcons offense. All right, that'll do it here for week five start sit podcast. Gentlemen, thank you so much for dropping your knowledge and wisdom here, helping out the people. Make sure if you have questions about your starting lineup here this week that you are going over to the start sit optimizer that we have here at Pro Football Network. It's absolutely free. You can find the link for that here in your description. Enter in up to six players. Find out exactly who you need to be starting here this week between the players. You're dealing with some bye week issues like we talked about. This is the place to go find out who you need to be looking at here. And then additionally, jump into the PFN Fantasy Discord. Absolutely free to join. Come hang out with us. Come chat. Come ask your fantasy football questions. We're here to help. All right, that'll do it. For Derek Tate and Kyle Sapi. I'm Kyle Yates. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.